a momentous and historic week for the women's game in Wales. Hear all about it in this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. We'll hear from Wales coach Wayne Pivak on his team selection and the challenge ahead against South Africa on the back of that defeat to New Zealand and the key injuries in the game. It takes something pretty big for that not to be first up, but this week we have something pretty big for Welsh rugby. In fact, the biggest announcement ever for Wales women with 10 full-time professional contracts and 15 effectively part-time the start of the process, hopefully, of Wales catching up with the big guns of the world game, England, France and New Zealand, or at least narrowing the gap to those largely professional teams. And of course, it's all been done with next year's World Cup in mind. So it was a big announcement this week, which merits being described in great detail. There's certainly plenty to get through. And that's what we're here now from coach Ewan Cunningham, Captain Sean Lillicrap, and first WIU Performance Director Nigel Walker. Thank you very much for joining us for what I'm describing as a momentous uh, press conference. Um, I'm absolutely delighted to announce the establishment of uh, contracts for our senior women. Uh, those contracts to be established from the 1st of January 2022 to run for 12 months. There will be two main contracts, what we're calling the professional contract, and there'll be 10 of those offered to our uh, squad players. And then there'll be our retainer contract, which will be offered to a further 15 players. Outside of that, there will be match fees for those in the match day squad of 23. And for those who don't fit into the top two contract levels, the professional and retainer contract level, there will be World Cup selection payments and also payments for attending training camps. I think it's important to say that the contract structure was drawn up by Shuan and her senior leadership team. Uh, so that senior leadership team containing Alicia, Courtney and Hannah, as well as Shuan. And with the parameters set by me, they went away and drew up this structure, discussed it with the squad. So I think it's fair to say it's been a most democratic process and the entire squad are behind the establishment of these contracts. It's also important to say that while this is an important development, a momentous one, as I described it earlier, that it's only part of the process of developing and establishing a world-class programme. And I and the Welsh Rugby Union are committed to developing that programme. So over the weeks and months ahead, we will continue to make changes, additions to the way that we work and continue to improve the facilities and resources uh, available to the women's squad. It's a, a super exciting day for us as, as Wales women's rugby players. We know this has been coming for some time. As, as Nigel said, we were fortunate to have the opportunity to do it in a fashion that we wanted as, as players, as a full squad. So we looked at options that were available to us, um, explored all options, and we all agreed that this option was the best one for us for many reasons, really, to give some of our squad the opportunity to be professional and really drive our standards as a squad forward over the, the next 12 months and complete tasks based on, on the squad's behalf, but also really enhance our opportunities to do other things. And the second tier, then the retainer tier, would allow individuals to make decisions based on their personal circumstances to help them be better rugby players, essentially, because everyone's situation is a, is a little bit different. So we felt that was it was hugely important. After we come together with a few models, we obviously went back to the full squad and it was pretty unanimous, actually, as a squad. 
we all agreed that this was the best way forward for us over the next 12 months. And as Nigel said, this is just kind of the starting point for us as, as a squad. And there's lots of other things happening behind the scenes in resources and, and staff that will help us grow even further. So this is absolutely massive, you know, and I will say, you know, credit to the WIU and Nigel and, and the guys in giving us the opportunity to do this the right way and not just enforce something on us, essentially, that we felt as players wouldn't work because, you know, we're the ones that are on the ground, essentially. And I guess we're in a good position to know and feel like what can help us change our future. And we believe that this is the right way forward. So, you know, huge excitement in camp. And we, as players, have known about these discussions and have been part of it for the last few weeks. And to be honest, our vibes, our culture and, and everything else alongside that has been outstanding. It's been really good. Our training has been outstanding. And, you know, we're, we're raising the bar in that arena too. And I think, you know, that's credit to us knowing this news and having us to be able to take those steps forward. It just eases some uncertainty and, and puts us at ease a little bit as players to be able to do what we're here to do. And that's play rugby and be the best we can be for that jersey. So, yeah, the squad are, you know, super excited about the future. We're super excited about the autumn campaign, which kicks off on this weekend. But, you know, real positive news coming from our camp and exciting things to come for sure. Yeah, super excited as a coach and our coaching team that we're able to now move forward from a programme point of view and a delivery, uh, which will help us structure individual playing plans for each player moving forward. Getting that contact time is critical in their working week with regards to strength and conditioning, skill set programmes, links, relationships with their club coaches to make sure that we optimise and get the best working week out of each player in the lead-up to next year's Rugby World Cup. Those are the strides that we want to take, which is really exciting, but also touching on areas like an analysis where the girls can really look in detail of how they develop their game, looking at best practice, reviewing on a daily basis so they're constantly improving, which is where we want to raise the bar and make it a world-class programme. So from a coach's point of view, super excited. We can't wait to get going and, and making those strides towards um, the next year and leading towards the Rugby World Cup. Nigel, how do you go about choosing which 10 players get these professional contracts? What's the sort of criteria there? It'll be Johan and the coaching team who will do it. But as you would imagine, and I'll let Jos come in on this, there will be a number of KPIs which we'd expect the girls to hit. And it could be around training, it could be around fitness levels, those sorts of things, the standard things you'd expect to make uh, these decisions on. But what we're looking to do is not to build divides within the group. We're starting with 10 professional contracts, 15 retainer contracts. That will be uh, subject to review on a regular basis. Most of it is, um, is going to be set around from a strength and condition point of view, as in attaining and maintaining physical standards uh, once they're in the programme. Also attending skill set sessions, availability for review. Biggest thing is that we own their programme so that we can accelerate their development, especially moving forward over the next 12 months. Every player's situation is different. Some of them have forged out, you know, some very good careers. Are these contracts financially viable for them to give up those careers? Some players, being completely honest, might not take 
a full-time contract if offered one potentially, but would move down to retainer and could make a decision on their work, whether they drop a day or two, if that suits them better. So, And that's why really as players, we thought this model would be best. It would allow people, some individuals to be full-time, absolutely committed but as individuals, we'd be able to make that decision based on our personal circumstance over what is the best for us. So, yeah, the full-time one obviously is enough to obviously be able to be full-time, but people are at different points in their careers and they might make slightly different decisions based upon that. England made this move, I think, back in 2016. How long before you think Wales will uh, see sort of similar results? England, the best team in the world, thrash the All Blacks at the weekend. I'm ambitious and I'm a glass half full person, but let's not start talking about winning World Cups. We're on a journey and this is an important component. Um, It's not the be all and end all. Performance environments are much more than just what people get paid, but we're putting together a performance environment and an opportunity for our women to be the best version of themselves, be able to operate as a team and to be competitive. Am I optimistic about the future? Yes, I am. I've just hesitated so that I don't put any pressure on the team that they don't need. Would I expect results to improve during the autumn and during the Six Nations? Yes, I would. So I am confident that we'll be a better team six months from now than we are, 12 months from now, and then beyond the World Cup, I would expect this to continue to grow as a team and to become more and more successful and consistent. How is this being funded, given the impact of the pandemic on the WRU's finances and also the the loan being taken up for the regions as well? Okay, so yes, there's one global sum within the Welsh Rugby Union, as there is within any business. We all operate within finite resources, uh, but this is being funded by the the monies allocated to the women's programme. So this is part of the women's budget allocated. I think I went on record two or three weeks ago saying that this Welsh programme is better funded than it has been at any time. It has more resources than it has at any time. Uh, The money that we've allocated to contracts is coming out of that women's budget. I started gathering information from around the world on what female rugby players were played country to country. So I know that if you take England, France and New Zealand, they're towards the top. If you take our closest competitors, Ireland and Scotland, and these contracts are very competitively pitched against those two elements. I'm not going to say any more than that, um, but obviously, Shuan and some of her colleagues will take the decision to become full-time because they're generous enough for them to become full-time. Nigel, just to start, this is a huge level of investment. So quickly into your career at the World Rugby Union. I understand if you don't want to share the specifics about the contracts and how much the player is going to be paid, but as a wider kind of sum of all the different parts that you're investing into, are you able to give us a figure of how much the World Rugby Union is investing? Yes, I would say the entire senior women's programme is around the £2 million mark per annum. So that's the entire women's programme, performance programme. There is more money being spent where participation in the community is concerned. Uh, so Geraint John is the community director. He has a separate budget. But within the performance element, it's around about a £2 million spend. Shuan, uh, this is huge news for you. Nigel said that about potentially you being a full-time person. Is, is that right? Are you going to be a, a full-time contract? Good question. I don't know yet. I probably fall, well, I do fall into the same category as all of the other players. So 
you know, it's discussions that will be had over the, the coming month to make sure really it, I'm a good enough player and I perform and have um, the same opportunity as the other girls and perform in this autumn campaign and reach my KPIs. But, you know, for me, I'm, I'm excited at, at the prospects. If I, if I do get an opportunity to have a, have a contract, it was something I would love for the opportunity to have to be the best player I can be over the next 12 months and, and beyond. You know, it's what that little girl when she first put on that jersey has, has ever dreamt of. So it's um, something that I probably won't shy away from if given the opportunity to do so. Everyone realises how much we have sacrificed and, and continue to do so to be able to play rugby at the highest level we can with travelling, training commitments, to be able to play club rugby at a competitive level, but also to be able to wear that jersey. So, you know, some of the girls are doing a lot of hours between work and rugby commitments. And also, you know, the other side of that is recovery, being able to get into a pool, getting enough sleep and all of those other things, which aid performance massively. But the things that are neglected, essentially, will be able to be put in place. So, you know, that's why we felt like these two levels are really important. And that retainer level is also so important because as players, if you're in that 15, you know where you're going to stand financially. So you can make decisions on your circumstances to help you be able to do those things, recover, have extra training sessions or get in and see at the medical team or, or whatever that may be. So that's why, you know, that middle tier is just as important as the top 10 tier, essentially, because it will allow individuals to drop a day or two in work or, you know, change their work situations, essentially. So it's not full time, but it will allow them to make those decisions, which which will also help us all. So physically and mentally as a squad will be in a, in a much better place, which will hopefully, or well, I'm certain to be fair, will, it will aid performance and given the tools that, the WIU are giving us to help us improve performance in Yoan, the coaching team, the sports science provision and, and everything Nigel has spoken about. You know, those add to our performance and be able to have us perform to our best abilities that we will be able to do because we'll be rested and we'll be in a much better physical and mental state. Just know that this is happening as, as ease people's stress, essentially, and, and we're in a much better place and the vibes are good and girls are training really, really well. So, uh, yeah, we're all excited for this campaign and beyond. Nigel, your own playing career spanned the move from amateurism into rugby union going open. I know you had a, the athletics background meant you had a pretty professional attitude, even in amateur days, but how much of a difference did it make that change in '95? To me personally, very little difference at all, as you've highlighted, but it did make a difference to those who have been brought up in an amateur culture. They suddenly changed their attitude and became more professional. And if you look at the standards today, compared to the standards in terms of fitness that we could see in 1994, 1995, there's a world of difference. Just being able to concentrate, to dedicate your time, to start the training session without being tired to be carry out the technical skills without being tired makes a difference because your base is higher and that's what we're looking to do here build a world-class program i've said that i expect our performances to improve i'm not putting any pressure on the team when i say that i'm expecting them to improve but each year your the step that you stand on will be higher than the one you were standing on 12 months before and that's how you build a world-class program so i'm not expecting miracles i'm not expecting the girls to beat uh, Japan 
70 nil on Sunday, although it would be nice if they did. But if we played them 12 months from now, I'd expect the performance to be better than it's going to be on Sunday. And that's how you build a programme. Obviously, in the next 12 months, the World Cup's the focus. Will there be an element of chopping and changing 10 professional players with sevens, some years being the top priority, say, a Commonwealth Games year? That's a, a conversation we're having at the moment. We've got a relatively small pool of players when it comes to our, our women. And there's always been those who have played 15s and then played 7s and then gone back to 15s. My understanding is that the majority in this squad are going to make 15s their focus over the next 12 months. It doesn't mean to the exclusion of 7s. It means that if a choice has to be made between 15s and 7s, with the World Cup 12 months away, less than 12 months away, the vast majority would choose 15s because they want to play in a World Cup. And Sean, if you don't mind me asking, you've got a pretty good job. So I don't know if you can take a sabbatical, if that's part of the thinking. I understand wanting to prioritise the World Cup, but can you give some idea of the balancing act the players are going to have to make between careers that may well be more lucrative than even this professional contract and long-term professional planning and versus short-term rugby goals? Yeah, you know, I'm, I am fortunate enough to have, have built a, a career in um, in rugby, in Swans University as well. And, you know, I love working with the students at, at their age that they are in, in wanting to progress in rugby careers them, themselves as well. So as a player group, as we said, we, we made this decision that this was right. Some individuals will have tricky decisions to make, but we felt as a squad this was, which was the best thing for us. And, you know, sometimes... You've got to do what's what's right for you as an individual, what makes you happy, first and foremost, but also you know, some risks might be taken in to achieve dreams and stuff, but I'm confident that good things are to come. So um we truly believe, you know, everyone in the in this current squad is so 38 players have fed into this and we all agree essentially unanimously that this is the right thing and people can pick up conversations with employers but also directly with advisors as well of what's the best option for them you know we wouldn't be and I know the WRU are not asking anyone to make any rash decisions based on their circumstances there's advice available to individuals to make sure it is the best thing for them and and how their future then looks. Uh, And can I just pick up on that the final point Uh, the advice that's available. That's why we're uh, employing a performance lifestyle advisor. And that person's role will be not just to ensure that the individual can create the space to be the best rugby player that they can be today and tomorrow, but also to have half an eye on what comes after rugby playing career so that it is a smooth transition from rugby player to working, or if it's balancing working and playing What's the best way of doing that? And there are professionals who make a living out of doing that. And we're going to employ one of those professionals so that it won't be the player's sole decision. They'll be able to ask advice, get independent advice and make the best decision for them. them. Not the best decision for the Welsh Rugby Union, because we recognise we've got a duty of care in this area. How do you feel, Shuan, about going into the campaign on Sunday with the possibility of pro contracts? Excited, really. You know, we've put in a lot of work on and off the field over over the last four weeks or so. Training has taken a step up in level, in, in my opinion. So excited about that. Obviously, it is added pressure that individuals will want to perform as well now with contracts on the horizon. But 
that essentially is, is good pressure. You know, if, if we can deal with, with that kind of pressure and, and perform and put in a good performance. And I think that is the aim to the girls. You know, that's what we want to see is an, an improvement in performance, but always, and as Johan says to us as a squad, and I'm not afraid to, to say it, we're team first. And team first means that badge and representing that badge, whether you're in the 23, whether you're not in the 23, and, and that's this squad and re- representing Welsh rugby. And, you know, ultimately, that is our goal, you know, and we've spoken about how we, we want the things to change in the past. And, and now that they are, our goal doesn't change. You know, we want to represent that jersey, that badge in, in the best light possible, make good of accounts of ourselves as individual. What I may name is, is team first and the team performance. And that's what I'm excited about is to have that opportunity to play with a brilliant group of girls and hopefully demonstrate to the outside world and, and you guys over how things have changed in our environment and how we're feeling happy as players and content at the moment and excited for the challenges that are coming in the future. And that is this autumn campaign, the Six Nations and then World Cup. But, you know, that's got to start with a team performance. So, um, yeah, I know the girls are super excited. You know, everyone's on social media, posted photos of training and like we want a big crowd at, at Cardiff Arms Park on Sunday to get behind us. We haven't played in front of a crowd since Six Nations 2020, so over 18 months ago now. So, you know, we're excited at that prospect in Cardiff in our home ground. So that's our aim, to put in a good team performance. And that's what we'll be concentrating on in training. It is the team, that performance and everything that we can do as individuals to make sure that happens. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. And it all starts for them this Sunday at Cardiff Arms Park. It'd be nice to get a good crowd there at what could be the start of a pretty exciting time ahead for Wales women. Now on to the big game the day before at the Principality Stadium, Wales against the world champion South Africans. Wales have a few wounds to lick after the All Blacks' defeat. Captain Alwyn Jones, the main casualty, of course. Six changes in the side to face the Springboks and coach Wayne Pivak explained his thinking. Clearly, with the English-based players coming in, um, there was going to be some change. And then with the injuries that we sustained in the match, there was always going to be some change. In terms of our planning coming into the campaign, the first two games, uh, we'd want to settle in to more of a, a settled squad, I guess, from here on in. Maybe the front row, there are quite a lot of interesting talking points there. Reese Carey, I suppose, the starting point, but but hookers, Bradley Roberts coming in, Will Griff John on the bench. There's a lot in the front row to discuss. Yeah, um, Dylan Lewis sustained an injury in the game, so he's got a plantar fascia issue. So there was a change made there, that's through injury. The hooker won, both Bradley and Kirby came in a day apart, really. So they've had about the same amount of time. Neither of them have had international experience, so we're going to learn about both of them. Uh, and in terms of the front row, we thought um, Reese did well coming off the bench. Obviously, we know that the South Africans have a strong starting front row and a very, very strong finishing front row. So, you know, we could have gone either way, really. But um, it's probably a bit of a reward for Reese and, yeah, just doing it the other way around this week. And behind the scrum, the likes of Johnny McNichol keeps his place. Nick Tompkins coming in. Just explain your thinking there. Yeah, we're really uh, rewarding Johnny for a good performance. We thought he played very well. You know, he's very creative. He was good under the high ball. We know there's going to be a lot of high ball work to be done again this week, probably more so than last week. So that'll be a good test for him to see if he can back that performance up at this level of the game. And certainly he's excited by that opportunity. It enables us to ease Liam back into it with uh, the volume that he's had in terms of training. 
and Nick Tompkins as well. I feel that he's um, an informed player. He's been in, in great form for Saracens. Uh, he's come into training. He's been very impressive in the, in the short amount of time he's been with us. So, look, we want to see Nick in there and looking forward to seeing how he goes. Alice Jenkins, that's quite a story. Man of the match against South Africa two years ago, injured in the last minute and making his international return. Just what sort of shape is he in? And just give us a picture of what it's taken for him to get here. Yeah, what a story. Very similar to Gareth, isn't it? Um, you know, probably not how we wanted to play it originally. It, it, it's not really going to the, the script that we had planned. More of a seven, really. But with the injuries that we do have to six, Alice has gone across and allows us to play two sevens, which will probably hopefully have some benefits in terms of the breakdown work. But I'm um, just pleased for him that he's back in. He was desperately unlucky not to sort of get to the close to the finish line in terms of the selection last week uh, with that rib injury sustained in the last Blues game. You obviously know the the challenge South Africa will pose. There's a lot of focus on how the Lions played against them, how Wales won the Six Nations last year in a very different way. What can we expect from Wales in terms of style of play this weekend? Well, look, we want to build on last week. We want to try and be positive where we can, but we've got to be sensible as well. We know the threat that South Africa bring. They're, they're obviously world-class. They've just won the last World Cup. And, and in their last game against New Zealand, they won it. And they've got a magnificent set piece. So discipline is going to be a key. Try not to give them too many set pieces because they're very, very strong in that area of the game. Aerial threats as well. But we're going to have to be on top of our game. But you know, when we do have possession, if it's on, we'll look to try and create some uh, scoring opportunities where we can saw with those two All Blacks games in particular that it's quite hard to impose a running game against that South African defence. Have you got anything up your sleeve? Any tricks you think? Any weaknesses you've seen in them? Well, I agree. It's a very, very strong defence, isn't it? It's it's world class and it's uh, probably what won them the World Cup. So we've had a good look at uh, where we think we can make some gains in terms of our attack. So We'll have to be on our game, though. Everybody's going to have to, um, you know, look after the ball in contact because there's going to be some big contacts, whether we like it or not. And, you know, where we can find space, whether that's off the foot or, or through the hand, that's what we will be trying to do. Ken Owens, how's he looking? Obviously, he's missed the first two with his back. What's the latest on him, please? Yeah, look, if we can get him right for Australia, then um, we'll be happy with that. He is improving, but with a back, it just takes time. So it's, it's really a race against time for Ken. And in terms of Alan Wynn, uh, the press release on uh, mentioned that he was out for months. When do you expect to see him back? Could he be back for the Six Nations or is it longer than that, do you think, at the moment? Oh, look, no, I don't think he'd be available for the Six Nations. Before the end of the season? Yeah, definitely. In terms of coping without him and how, you know, how much longevity he's had, what's the challenge with that? It is going to be a challenge. And I tell you what, you learn a lot about the worth of people, don't you, when, uh, when they're, they're not there. So I think a lot of people take Alan Wynn for granted. You know, he's, he's always been there and they see him as, a, as a, having a lot of longevity. He's got seniority. But look, that leadership is really important. We've already seen it this week, you know, with Alan Wynn not there and then already having lost Ken and then the likes of that, uh, Justin Tipperick. You sort of go to leaders, if you like. Uh, so now it's it's really the asset is on others to step up. You know, the Adam Beards of the world, obviously, Alice Jenkins brings experience with him in terms of leadership. So, you know, other guys now, it's their turn to stand up and take that role on. And in terms of Alan, when he obviously had another year where he needed to the next summer, do you think something like this could extend it even further to the next World Cup? Oh, the intention is always to see if Al can get to the World Cup. It's, it's a goal. Uh, I think it's a realistic goal, personally. And uh, you just got to see him in training and, and then when he is playing, the efforts that he puts in. I don't see anything going uh, anywhere near backwards in terms of his performances. So, look, yeah, a bit of time off. We spoke about this before Al left camp and, yeah, it's not ideal for him. We're all looking forward to him playing 150 test matches for Wales. But that is still a goal and uh, I'm sure he'll get there. 
And you spoke last week about the sort of fitness, the last quarter, Wayne. I mean, it's not something you can perhaps fix short term, but what are you hoping that you will see in the final quarter this week that you perhaps didn't see last weekend? Yeah, well, I think we're a little bit stronger in terms of the bench in, in certain positions. We've got you know a couple more players available. So, look, fitness was a big issue. It's the early part of the season for us. Um, certainly, we haven't played any test matches for a while. So, obviously, the Lions boys had a bit of a break. So, some of them had one game, two games of rugby up against sides that are test matched hardened, if you like. So that was always going to be an issue. Um, but certainly we'd like to uh, improve on that performance from last week. No doubt about that. No doubt, indeed. An exciting weekend ahead all round. Good luck to both Wales men and women. Plenty to reflect on in next week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. But until then, goodbye.